You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 24 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the awesomely talented Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to this week? Well, it's been a lot of shooting. I've been um, doing uh, some work on set for a new um, Aussie show where I've been having to try and scrape together covers in between takes, which is so stressful because it's like not only you've got all the time factors and and there's crews standing by wanting to get on with shooting the show and we're kind of like sort of they got me in there kind of trying to steal and sneak photos and um, there was a bit of royalty involved in one of the shoots, Val, and it's like lots of fun, so I'll be doing more of that uh, later in the week and some more headshots. And uh, today, I think I've finally tracked down a treadmill. Oh no, treadmill. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've I found uh, an ex-hire company, right? And oh, they yes. sell they sell used uh, treadmills, so they've all been serviced and everything. You can buy them from like two hundred to three hundred bucks. And get this, they're like an hour. They live in Whoop Whoop now. Whoop Whoop <laughs> for for those non-Australians listening <laughs> is a technical term for a place far, far, far away. Yes. We call it Whoop Whoop. So these guys are in Whoop Whoop, and and they will deliver for thirty dollars. Wow, that's incredible. Because they're delivering treadmills all around to people that they hire them to. Oh, yes. So I'm like, I'm halfway to having a treadmill desk. I'm so excited. So are you getting one delivered? I'm going to, so they've sent me uh, images because I don't want to go to Whoop Whoop. To, they're yeah. like, you have to come in. I'm like, I'm not coming. Mm. Can you just send me photos? I will buy off the photos. Mm. And so they've sent me a couple and they're now looking for one because I want actually a, a wider belt for oh, mine, yes. not the narrow kind of one and wider because it's a bit more comfortable. Yes. So they're tracking the wider one. And when they do, I'll get that delivered and then I'll do the whole Ikea creation. Oh, yes. uh, You'll MacGyver the, the desk. I will MacGyver the desk mm. and um, I'm very excited. What have you been doing, Val? Goodness me, what have I been doing? Well, I've been a bit absorbed in some personal stuff because I'm, you know, I'm going to sell actually where I live because we bought a new place and uh, some regular listeners may know that this is all because of you. <laughs> and my, this is my fault. It's your You're fault under that we much stress now. Well, yeah, it's your fault that we're buying this new place because you know I think I mentioned in the podcast that we were going to because we wanted to you know sample our new fancy camera that you helped me buy. Yeah. We were going to do some photo essays, starting with a suburb, you know, starting with A. And the next week we were going to go to a suburb starting with B. Next week we we're going to go to a suburb starting with C. So we went to the suburb starting with A, and we know we're going to kind of blog this, but we went to the suburb starting with. A, fell in love with the suburb and bought a house there. That's amazing. So we're not even making it to B, C or D. No, but you can from that point now. You can head to the B places. Oh, yeah, true, true. So anyway, that's what I've been busy doing. Well, that congratulations. That's so exciting. (laughs) It is exciting. But this week's episode is all about how to take great travel shots. And I'm really excited about that because I love taking, I must admit, I love taking portraits and I love taking, you know, kind of like still life kind of shots, but I'm not great at the travel shot. I used to be 20 years ago, I used to travel a lot. You know, I used to, in my youth, I used to, I used to have, be, you know, be the girl with, with film and yeah. turn it into slides and all yeah. my shots, I still have the, the Grand Canyon and everything. Yeah. Um, 
But somewhere along the line, I kind of lost my way with the travel shot. So I'm really keen to pick your brain in this episode about the travel shots. But before we get into the travel shots, we've uh-huh. got some interesting links this week, haven't we? Yep. Haven't we? Yes. Yes. What's the first one you've got for us, Gina? All right. So I had um, a couple of big days uh, last week where I had to uh, edit uh, thousands and thousands of files. So while I'm doing that and it's not like too intensive, I I like to binge watch stuff right <laughs> on my other screen. So I've got like three screens set up across my desk and one computer is just for binge watching. And so I, I, I try and I justify it by saying, well, if I'm working, I'm going to binge watch stuff that's uh, not only entertaining but educational. So I have You mean stumbled... like the Real Housewives of Melbourne? Uh-huh. I don't – I don't binge watch that. That's for that's for special. That's for after hours because I need to focus on that a hundred percent. Okay, right, right. <laughs> and uh, I'm working with a few of those girls uh, at the end of the week, Val. I oh, didn't tell okay. you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So working with some exciting. of the Real Housewives. Very uh-huh. exciting. I, I should get you on board as a. You'd probably fly down for that. Yeah, totally. I'll be your assistant. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? You can take uh, you can take names. So, but it's not Real Housewives. I've been. Um, binge watching a show uh, with a, it, it's actually a few years old, but like I'm always late to the party. Mm. It's uh, a photographer by the name of Mark Seliger, and it's Love called Love Mark Seliger. I know his stuff's amazing, oh, and um, amazing. he he's like a, a, a world famous uh, celebrity photographer, Vanity mm. Fair, Rolling Stone, and he pairs with like what he does is it, these are all shot in his beautiful studio, mm. and he interviews another world famous photographer. And then he will interview a celebrity who's also a photographer. Clever. Okay. Mm. So, and it's a whole, whole discussion. And, and you know what? Marcelia has no ego. He is such a nice guy. And these interviews are like, you know, because sometimes it's just people banging on about how good they are. And it's like, but, but this is like, these are really uh, beautifully done. And, and um, it, it's the story behind the photos. And they're really inspiring because he asks these like famous photographers, how did you get your start? How did you feel when you took this photo? What happened when you did this? And it's, I, I, I like, if you have haven't seen it I urge you to try and look it up and uh, I, I'm, I'm watching through YouTube so hopefully in your country you guys uh, will all have access to these uh, well worth um, watching my favorite was uh, one with Helena Christensen the uh, ex-supermodel and uh, a street photographer and um, portrait photographer called Mary Ellen Mark who um, is one of Mark Seliger's idols so it was just like really beautiful to to watch this and this is called Capture with Mark Seliger and he yes. interviews people like Dylan McDermott, Bill Clinton, Christy mm. Turlington, Mick Jagger, Matthew Modine, yeah. Kevin Bacon, Alan Cumming. Fantastic. It's, it's amazing. It's uh, well worth watching. Absolutely. And you found something else as well, a link about the 10 most expensive photos in the world. Yes, so this was like a really uh, interesting uh, link and it's this, uh, on the 500 pick sites and they list uh, the most expensive uh, uh, photos in the world and what they sold for mm. and um, it, the price is in, in euros. So what's that in Australian dollar? You just multiply it by 400,000. What's our Australian dollar worth? It's not very good at the moment, Val, is mm, it? It's not going great. What is it against the euro? Is it twice? I'm not sure. It's about 75 cents to the US dollar. Oh my God! Um, so he, he, there's uh, there's uh, the the number one is by Andreas Gursky, which I think he's a like a, a German photographer, mm-hmm. and the number one photo sold for like it's like a landscape, uh, three point two million euro. Wow. And then, there's, uh, and then there's uh, Cindy Sherman, who's actually uh, one of my favourite photographers of the 80s. She's like the original selfie queen. She started doing uh, photos of herself where she'd do her own hair and makeup. She'd style the, uh, the photo and do these self-portraits of herself in um, iconic sort of uh, film stills, right? Her images are like selling for 2.8 million euros. That's wow. in, it's incredible. And in, like when you see them, you go, well, it's not something – any one of the people listening or any one of you, Val, could have taken any one of these shots. So what <laughs> makes 
what makes these images sell for uh, this much money? Who knows? But it's just uh, really interesting to have a look at. Mm. Well, some of it is because they're pretty striking and unique, but I, I mm. imagine it's a combination of, you know, technical uh, mm. skill, something that mm. is unique and striking, mm. but also, quite frankly, positioning and marketing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, so, totally. Well, let's get some more marketing out and like I wouldn't mind uh, <laughs> selling my images for that sort of coin. That'd be all right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for something quite different, we want to thank everyone who have been listening and particularly for those of you who have been re- leaving ratings and reviews on iTunes. We're so grateful. And if you do have, you know, 30 seconds to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it helps us in the rankings. And we want to give a shout out to uh, Leo Port. And Leo said, this podcast is one of the best on photography I've tried to listen to. I have actually nearly caught up with all the episodes and this couple is a real hoot. Gina is very generous with the knowledge and she is brilliantly kept on track by Valerie who (laughs) I think can read my mind. Every time Gina goes off, which is always fun, Valerie pulls her back. Brilliant delivery and wealth of information. I'm braced in anticipation of an episode on exposures while Hans is off on holidays. (laughs) I have to do a special on Hans. Yes, (laughs) with natural light flash and combination using light meters. Thank you so much, Leo. You've made our day. Awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) But let us move on now to the topic at hand, something I want to know a lot about because, like I said, I've gone a bit crap at it in recent years, Mm. and that is travel photography or, you know, shots while you're on your travels because I do write travel stories and I must admit I haven't been confident of late compared to, you know, a decade or so ago when I used to submit shots with my my articles as a journalist for travel articles. But in recent years, I have been relying on tourism body shots. So I'm going to pick your brain here, Gina. Let's start with travel photography. Um, where, where do you want to start? All right. Well, well, so if, if I couldn't take portraits, I'd be off taking travel photos every day. I would be, if I could, you know, they ask you, what would you do if you had all the money in the world and you never had to work another day? I would be just traveling the world, (laughs) taking travel photos. Well, I think your Instagram feed is testament to that. Yeah, it's my favourite thing to do and, I, you know, there's nothing I love more than um, being in a, a country I've never been to before and watching it wake up and taking photos there. It's my absolute happy place. I love it so much that when I go on holiday, that's what I do. I yes. take photos every day. So and Gina I, wakes up at like 5am or 6am, something which I will not do while on holidays, just so she can get the beautiful light. I will. And so people who travel with me spend a lot of time by themselves because <laughs> at, like, at breakfast on their own, at dinner by themselves because yep. it's like I'm off taking photos because yep. that's what I want to do. So I want to share uh, some of my favourite travel tips so that you guys all uh, you know, know how to take great photos when you next take a trip. And so basically what I want to share with you t- today is how to prepare, research and pack for a trip and mm. what to pack what to leave behind Mm. and my photography gear essentials, then what to do once you get to the location. Right. Right. And then practical tips for better travel photos when you're there. And finally, what do you do with the images when you get back home? All right, then. So right, let's so that's start. That's what we're going to cover. Let's start with before you leave. What should no, you be no, thinking of? No, let's start with my favorite quote. All right, let's start with your favorite quote then. <laughs> Let me just uh, put my Oprah hat you on. You have a favorite quote every week, so. I do. It's going to happen. It's just going to, I'm just going to make that happen every okay. week. So, but this is my all time favorite quote when it comes to travel, okay? Mm-hmm. So, while you are alive, collect moments, not things. Earn respect, not money, and enjoy love, not luxury. And that's from Arti Kurana. And so while you're alive, collect moments, not things. Okay? And that's exactly what we're doing when we're taking travel photos. Collecting moments. All right? Travel photography, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get on a plane and travel to the other side of the world. Travel photography No, you can just travel to a suburb starting with A. You can travel to a suburb starting with A, and if you're anything like Val, you can just buy the place, <laughs> the first place you see. Well, we like the suburb so much, we're just going to move here, yeah. right? But um, 
it's like, you know, where I live in my state uh, of Victoria in Australia, I can travel, you know, half an hour and I'm out in the country yes. and, and it's like another world and, yes. and you can get great travel shots. You can learn to be uh, a tourist in your own city and just like uh, learn, you take, record the city like a tourist, see it mm. with fresh eyes. So it doesn't mean that you have to automatically jump on a train. It can be anywhere that's away from home learn to take travel pics okay mm. so basically um before you leave home what should you do first thing research the destination that you're going to yeah okay so um have a look on um like know about where you're going everything that you need to do and what i do is like i check if say i'm going to a place I will put the hashtags into something like Instagram or 500 pics or Flickr, mm. right, and have a look at uh, all the photos that everyone who's been there before has taken and you can get ideas of, okay, so this part of town looks really cool and grungy and then there's this part. Of, oh, no, hang on. I didn't know about this part of town. And then and that's how I sort of start collating information and then I say, oh, then you can see where people have done the sunset shots or sunrise yes. shots and you know what sort of angles of town you want to cover and then plan that's where I plan where I'm actually going to uh, book a hotel based on where I see those photos because you want to be like you know somewhere close where it's convenient you don't want to be having to travel for hours every day just to get your shots you want to be close by okay yeah. Yeah. so the other thing I might do is get onto google maps and you know the google man the Google you go <laughs> right down to ground level and oh, you travel right. around and you can see the street view. Yes. So I will like find if I find a hotel or um, I like to use Airbnb now to, to find places yeah. or, an, or I like to stay in apartments as well. I'll check out where the location is and I'll have a look around and sometimes it'll tell you that, oh, wow, like just around the surrounds there, that looks really interesting and that'll be a good place uh, to take photos, okay? The other thing that you want to do is uh, look up interesting activities that might be happening in that city at the mm. time you're there, you know? So... Um, um, there might be like I remember uh, turning up in Hoi An in, in uh, Vietnam and there was a, like a lantern festival on the night we arrived and right. you know a very beautiful when I was in Madrid uh, I was there for Easter Saturday there was a religious festival happening in the street so I got to photograph that which was like amazing and if you're and, in Sydney at the moment Vivid is on so that's where the entire city is lit up the whole opera house is lit up in lights every second building is lit up with the most amazing amazing light show so and there are photographers everywhere that would be amazing. It's I amazing. sort of missed it by two weeks, didn't mm, I, Val? You've got to come back. Um, mm. Yeah, I do. I will. So, and, and like, you know, market days and other cultural activities, you know. So look for things. You know, I've, I've flown to places just because I've seen a photo in someone's mm. feed or something. I go, I need to go there. I want to mm. photograph that thing. So, mm. like, really do your research really well and don't just turn up and, and, and sort of stumble around and fluke it. If you do your research, you're going to get great photos, mm. okay? So what to pack when you go, okay? So a couple of the essentials that I love to pack. This is my one of my favorite travel hacks. Pack a power board from home. You taught me that and I have been doing that ever since. Best mm. thing ever. Isn't it? Oh. Because basically you get like you're in an international country. Mm. When you're traveling now, you've got your laptop. Yep. You've got your battery charger. Mm. You've got your phone charger. Yep. What else are you charging? Keyboard, like, all, all, keyboard all sorts iPad. of things. And yet you've got like one travel plug or yep. two even and you have to keep like sort of rotating what you charge. You've got your power board with four slots on it. You can have everything on there. You Absolutely. Know? So that, uh, and now since handy. you taught me that, I also travel with a US, a multiple, a 10-point yep. USB charger. Yep. Where do you get 10-point USB chargers? Because I have seen I see them at your house because I, I saw the two-point ones at your house. Where do you get the 10-point oh, ones? Oh, just from JB Hi-Fi or Dick Smith. Ten, 10 point. Yeah, I've got 10, 10 USB points. And can I just ask, are they as far, you know how the iPhone charger is really, really fast, mm. like the proper one compared yes. to like another one? These USB ones, do they charge your phone as quickly? When you're using only five, one? if you're using one row of five, it's very fast. If you use all 10, I think it does slow it's down like slow to half. Down. 
but but still that's really good so you could get like three or four devices easily definitely which is, I, don't have any, I don't know what you're doing 10 USB <laughs> devices what the hell is going on Val <laughs> I can't I don't I can't <laughs> It's amazing what you can charge by USB these days. <laughs> so I also take two um, two phone chargers with me everywhere, mm-hmm. okay? And I have one in my bag at all times and then one back at the hotel room because I hate being stranded and losing power. And I've been known to, like, sit next to the uh, vending machines in an airport <laughs> unplugged. Unplug the machine and plug my phone in. I've Are been you stuck serious? In, I've been, I've been, I've stood in bathrooms in in airports, like just waiting for my phone to charge oh next with a plug in the bathroom. But now I've discovered those portable phone chargers, yes, those they're great. battery packs, yes. fantastic. And I've got one now that's really light and really small. The one I had last year was a bit chunky, mm. but they're like a, a lifesaver so I would definitely have one of those mm. the other thing I always travel with and um, especially if you're going to maybe uh, a third world country is like I, I like to have uh, small gifts to hand out to uh, locals that I'm photographing what kind or of gifts? Small children so when I was in India in January I um, carried a bag of lollipops with me which was pretty light. I think it was like half a kilo or a kilo. And I just fill my um, camera bag that I'm carrying for the day with like a couple of handfuls of those. Mm. And then um, I just hand them out to the kids when I see them. And, uh, you know, if anyone's going to be in my photo, I'll hand them out. And I also like to have like other little gifties. Sometimes I uh, I always steal the – I don't steal. I take the shampoo that – I bring my own shampoo to, uh, to the hotels. But they give you the little shampoos that you're allowed to have right but every day I take them and the toothbrush that they give you and everything and I take that out onto the street and I also give that to the locals and they want combs shampoo soap that sort of stuff comes in really handy okay the other thing I like to carry around is obviously business cards to 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 hand out to people because if you're going to be photographing someone you might want to just give them your business card in case they they need to look you up or you want to just give them your email it's the easiest way to do it Mm. or if you make friends too um a notebook and a journal to take notes in because sometimes like I might want to uh take notes and note where the sun is and the time so that I can come back to a certain place yeah right and and things like that uh the international adapters uh I always have two of those Mm. okay before you go I also like to load up on my smartphone um a translation software oh yes Okay, that comes in really handy. And then some sort of sunrise and sunset uh, app so I know what time I need to be out there to capture the sun, sunrise and sunset and where the sun's going to be so you can sort of work out where to position yourself to get those great shots. And then something like Google Maps or something better to get you around on. And then, like, if I'm going overseas, I will always get the local SIM card for my phone to save Mm. money so that I've at least got um, access to Wi-Fi when I'm out and about. just comes in really handy to, to, to use the maps and everything uh, and, the, and the translator and, and everything I need. And I, uh, okay, so the other thing, really important, Val. Yes. When you're travelling somewhere and maybe you're roughing it yep. and you're going to be doing a lot of walking, Val, mm. you need to bring comfy shoes, Val. Okay. <laughs> comfy shoes, Val, are not Prada slingbacks. <laughs> That's not comfy <laughs> shoes. So when you're going trekking, Val, what sort of shoes do you need to bring when you go trekking? So listeners, Gina and I did a gig, did a job where we had to go to Outback Australia and go to, um, you know, the Northern Territory, which is really, really <laughs> roughing it because we stayed in tents and uh, we had to shoot some stuff there. And um, this is what Gina is referring to. And uh, we had to climb through the desert and up sort of these hills and and go to ancient Aboriginal sites and um, do some shooting. Trekking. Hardcore mm. trekking. But mm. I would just like to say they weren't Prada slingbacks. They well, were Bally slingbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and they did the job perfectly fine. <laughs> they were 
just useless. <laughs> when I saw you, I'm like, you're like, we're staying in a resort. I'm like, Val, we're going to the outback. <laughs> it's not a resort. It was the furthest thing from a resort. It, it, I think it was, it was the most I've ever roughed it in my life. It wasn't even a tent. It was a bit of canvas over four <laughs> poles. And we had those canvas things that you sleep. We didn't even have pillows. <laughs> We like, certainly didn't was, have toilets either. There was no toilets. We had to dig holes. But I would like to say, sites. everyone, that uh, Gina got incredible shots from it. Um, I wrote the words. Gina did the uh, photos and uh, Gina did an incredible job despite very, very difficult environment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so make sure that you've got clothes that are appropriate to the place. And so I always like if I'm going somewhere cold, I feel the cold. I always pack mm. thermals. Thermals are really good because it means that you don't have to layer and layer and layer. And so thermals, gloves, hats. So if you're going to be under the scorching sun, you want hats to, that protect you. And, and it's like when you're shooting, you want hats that are be, that work with cameras because yeah. some hats like get in the way of the camera. So I find that like a soft brim works really well. I've got all my hats sussed now. You've got like I've got lots and lots. I've got a collection of hats for every occasion. Um, so, yeah, think really carefully about all of those things. Uh, now, when and, – and the other – finally, all right – Pack your travel companion. Pick your travel companion really carefully. <laughs> so, but this is really important because if you're going on a, a trip and you want to take lots of photos, mm. and you take someone along who's a bit needy. <laughs> They're not going to like you going away. And, and so you need to explain really carefully that, like, you know, a lot of the trip you're going to be getting up early, staying out late to take photos. And if yes. they're okay with that, then, then they can go off and do their own thing and you can maybe, you know, meet at dinner and lunch and in the middle of the day. But yes. they need to be aware of that. The worst thing is to have someone that's going to hold you back or make you feel guilty every mm. day when you want to do something or you, they hold you back and you're sitting there at, at sunset with them somewhere that you don't want to be while you're watching the best sunset of your entire <laughs> life happening and you can't take a photo. So pick your travel companion or, or Are make you trade-offs. implying anything, I wasn't, Gina? You, no, you, you're amazing to travel with, Val. you just like, oh, you're, you're fine. You're just like, <laughs> I can wander off. You, you can entertain yourself as an only child. You're very good at that. So I can leave you anywhere. You're, you're the perfect. And I've really, everyone that I've ever traveled with has been that sort of had that. I, I don't think I've ever had a problem, but I'm just saying to okay. anyone who's like embarking sure. on their first journey, right. just be really careful, okay? Um, so let's move Move on to um, gear. What do you actually pack? Because, you know, I often end up either with too much or too little. Yeah. Yeah. So you've really got to think about this because what you're going to pack in terms of uh, your camera gear is generally stuff that you're going to have to carry around with you all day long. Yep. So yep. you want to be uh, really um, careful about what you bring because you don't want to be carrying too much. And also um, planes have a, a, a limit on yep. what you can carry. And with camera gear, I don't like to put my camera gear underneath. So oh. I like to bring it ab above. And so most most um, planes, I think if it's international, it's 10 and domestic at seven certainly here in australia so it doesn't it doesn't Kilos. give you a lot of yeah it doesn't give you a lot of room um to carry carry much so basically the first thing you want to consider is a backpack or a roller bag so roller bag i would take if i know i'm not going to be doing a lot of trekking or i'm not going to be on um unpaved roads and things like that because if, I, if i'm you know if it's dusty and rocky and all of that a roller bag is useless so like all a right? wheelie so like a wheelie so if yeah. i'm say if i'm going somewhere like uh so, so paris or new york or somewhere like that for a shoot roller bag perfect because you're getting on and off the subway or it's all uh, paved everywhere is good perfect a roller bag but if I'm shooting say somewhere like India yeah I left the roller bag and I've got a backpack that I'll put over I wear the whole time yes and the things that I want to consider when I'm taking a backpack when I'm traveling is I make sure that it's about the backpack that I've got now is uh, a low pro uh, slingshot Yes, and basically, what it has that I really love is it—it's uh, got these really thick padded straps for across your shoulders, so that's really comfortable. But the best uh, part about this bag is it's—it's it, it's got like a a part that that clips around your waist. 
right, mm. really tightly, and it takes all the um, the heaviness out of the bag, and it, and it, it puts it uh, off your shoulders and like back onto your hips, so you don't feel like you're carrying a heavy weight. So my question is: so, Is so, this backpack specifically for cameras, or is this just yes. a backpack? No, no, this is specifically yeah. for camera okay. gear. So you can actually, and what's really good about it is it's got uh, like lots and lots of pockets. So yes, you can have yes. like a separate like place to keep all my, ch- like all my uh, spare batteries and spare cards and like a, the spare lens and you can access your camera really quickly. So the other thing is it, it actually just looks like an everyday backpack because the last thing you want to do when you go into any location is have a backpack that says, oh, I've got my camera gear Canon, in here. Look, expensive. Mm. Take me, take me. You just want something that looks like an everyday backpack so yes. you're not going to attract any attention. So this this just looks like a backpack. You, there's nothing on it that it screams that sort of thing. But it's got all these, you know, extra features and, and extra little pockets. There's even, there's even a little pocket for a snack, Val. You know, I like to take a snack everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So so it's really good. So so that that is the, like the first thing I'd consider. Um, and so, uh, so low pro, uh, like all my bags are low pro. Um, and I just, that that's just been a happy accident. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but the, the, the actual, there's some other great think tank makes some awesome, um, uh, travel bags as well that, that they get raved a lot about a lot on uh, reviews. So check those out. I'll put links to, uh, my backpacks in the show notes as well. Um, the other thing that you should pack, uh, I think this is essential, is a, uh, a portable external hard drive. Okay, oh, yes. because uh, uh, so as well as a laptop. So, because uh, at the end of each day shooting, I'm downloading my shots onto my laptop and then onto a, an external hard drive. Now, if you can't do that, uh, at the very least, take enough cards with mm. you so that you never like, so that you can bring your cards home and then. Um, you know, but if if you can, I would be trying to uh, you know download the cards. If you're on a longer trip, especially, and if you're only shooting to card, then make sure that you've got enough cards that you can spread the entire trip over several cards. Mm. So if something happens, and you know, and so when you're traveling home, you split up your memory cards like the royal family when they travel. <laughs> So you might, you know, if whoever you're traveling with takes some and then you take some, so then if something happens and baggage gets lost or something, you're not going to lose your cards and mm. you, you keep your, your memories. But I, I would be like downloading onto onto some, say, a hard drive at the very least, all yeah. right? So um, I, I always like to have – so my camera of choice – um, is uh, the, the 5D Mark III that I like to travel with because yep. it's really light, okay? So yep. that's what I like to take. My A walk-around lens is the other thing that I, I want to take. And yes. so a walk-around lens, Val, is is something like a, a lens that you can just walk around with all day and it covers every pretty much everything that you need, yep. all right? So my perfect walk-around, the one that I love the most, and it's what I do 90% of my travel photography with, is the Canon 24 to 105, mm-hmm. and it's an F4 lens. So it's not that fast, but it is perfect for my travel lifestyle stuff. I love it, and it's a really light lens, and um, it, it, I can zoom in close, for take beautiful portraits with that, and I can also do great landscapes at, at, at 24. So that that is perfect. And at 105, uh, you're not way back from people, so you're like yeah. at a good distance. 105 is a great distance to take uh, great uh, environmental portraits of people, and. 24 is is pretty much perfect for taking landscapes yeah. all right two camera batteries so and and you'd carry those with you so you've got one in the camera and one spare charge because the last thing you want to happen is you're about to find you know you find that perfect shot and you your know battery's your camera gone. dies yeah right. so it and uh then you want to make sure that you've got your battery charger so always leave that back at the hotel you don't need the extra weight while you're walking around mm. Memory cards and a case for the memory cards. Now, I think last week we talked about that, like, you know, when you buy a lot of uh, memory cards these days, they'll throw in a a free case. So you can get – and I I suggest you buy, like, a a hard case. I've got a little Pelican case for mine. It's a tiny little case, like a hard shell case to protect those cards. Um, All right. Uh, A torch comes in really handy uh, if you're uh, trying to find your way back to your hotel late at night. <laughs> <laughs> you can 
see, and the, and there's no uh, street lights that that'll save you trying to find your key back into your hotel room. And also for things like sometimes when I'm uh, I might be photographing like a, a still life on location or a detail or something, I just shine a little bit of torch light into it, right. and uh, it just just makes it look. So the torch comes in handy for all manner of things. Yeah. Right? Uh, Another thing on that I take on location when, when I'm traveling is I have a, a 10-stop neutral density filter and a variable neutral, uh, neutral density filter. And basically what an ND filter does is it uh, cuts back light uh, from your lens. So if you want to do, you know those lovely long exposure shots you see, Val, of landscapes where you see the water looks yes. all beautifully silky? Yes. Okay, that's done by creating a long exposure and, and, and sometimes it, it might be uh, like a 30-second exposure and uh, the way you do that is you want to have, because if you've got the, the lens left open yep. for, for that long normally, you're going to overexpose yes. your, your, um, your shot. So, so that's how we create it. And you can also do it like very early in the morning if you're shooting at, uh, you know, F16 or, or F22, you will get that long exposure because there isn't enough light. So it, it'll allow that and also like nighttime shots. But if you want to create those beautiful silky water shots in the middle of the day, mm. uh, a 10-stop a a, a will definitely do it or mm. and a variable will give you the option of like you can knock back uh, one, two, three, four stops. And the variables are fantastic if you you want to do portraits of people outside. So say you want to shoot at uh, f2.8 or f4, mm. right, But and, and you want to use a little bit of flash as well and it's too bright, you can actually knock, knock back some of the light using the variable as well and it will give you – so you can knock it back to f4 or f2.8. So fantastic, very handy to have in your kit. Quite expensive to buy but um, – right a really good investment uh so and and failing that you can actually just buy single uh stop neutral density filters and actually build them up but th there's a lot of glass in front of your lens but but worth having a play with mm, mm, mm. all right uh well as well as that in the kit and these are all little things so they're not not very heavy yet i always have a reflector so si silver gold with uh maybe white uh on the inside and a uh, white card for food shots and a small mirror, all right? What's the mirror for? Uh, again, just to reflect into, like, if I'm doing any still lives and things like that and just to check my hair while I'm on location. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so so that, that, that's my kit. So one lens, basically, and one camera when I travel wow. is, is by and, – and if I'm going to do a bigger trip and I know I'm going to be needing some more lifestyle – shots I might actually add the 70 to 200 in there yeah and if I know I'm going to be doing you know I really want to get in there and do some specky portraits of people I will throw in a couple of speed lights and my pocket wizards and a portable softbox as well but like that, that was the essentials there and if it's a bigger trip I'll add those uh, extra items all right okay cool. all right so and that's that all before. fits into your backpack that all fits into my backpack. Sometimes okay. it's a little bit heavy. If I had to add the extra stuff, it's a bit heavy. Yeah. So I've got to sort of work out. Some, so some of the stuff might go underneath. Some of the not necessary stuff like uh, charges and things like that, I'll put underneath and I mm. put the essentials like that. And if you sometimes I just take the camera out of the bag and put it around my neck. Mm. You're allowed to do that to actually lighten the weight in your carry-on. Okay, cool. All right? Okay. So next, we get to the location. So we've gotten on a plane or we've driven to the next uh, suburb starting with Avel <laughs> and we're at the spot. So what do you do when you get to the next location? All right. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I do, and this is the essential, so I've gotten to the place. First thing to do is go to like the local tourist place there, find all the postcards, right? Yeah. Have a really good look at the postcards. Oh, do you know why? Do you know why you look at the postcards? That's going to tell you. No, that's how to know what not to shoot. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So have a look at the postcards, memorize them and go, I'm not going to do any of these cliche <laughs> things. Okay. Because it's been done. What's the point? Why are you going to travel all the way to Paris and get a shot of the Eiffel Tower like everyone else has done for the next, you know, or the Tower of Pisa with someone pushing it, you know, yes, that yes, shot. Yes. 
Oh my God. It's all been done. The idea of a great travel shot is it's like your perspective of the place. So, you know, don't copy the postcards. You can sort of have a look and go and and maybe it'll help you like with the flicker feed and everything like that of finding out where everything's based and getting your bearings. All right. Mm -hmm. So, the next thing I do when I when I get to the location is you want to get to know the locals, okay? Yeah. So and and um, and also when you're there, you want to be respectful of the locals. So like you like just imagine Val if you're in your bathroom having a bath, mm. and someone just takes your photo while you're no. doing the washing, you wouldn't like that, would you? No. So you know you got to be respectful of people. Um, so you, you want to try and find ways to get off the beaten path. Okay, so when you're on the location and you want to also, this is not the time to be experimenting with your gear. And so like know your gear back to front. So keep it really simple. Okay, if you're not comfortable shooting in manual mode, then I'd put your camera into aperture priority. So that's A on Nikon and AV uh, on uh, Nikon and most other cameras A and AV on a Canon. Aperture priority, you choose your aperture and it, it it'll set everything else for you so that you can actually get the shot okay so that's a kind of a like the training wheels way of shooting manual mode okay but don't don't start experimenting now when you're under pressure okay so also make sure that you're wearing the right gear for like comfort and also respect okay so for the culture of the country and uh, you know comfort for yourself and and so make sure that you know if you need to keep your your head covered or your shoulders covered if you're going into monuments you do all of that because it's like the last thing you want to do is actually you know attract any more attention to you when you're there okay now here's my favorite travel tip when you get to, to the country is to find a good guide they're worth their weight in gold someone someone who speaks the language and someone who's going to be able to take you off the beaten path because they're the ones that are going to help you approach locals so that you can get those great shots and they're going to know where the cool laneways are or just around the corner there's this other place because you want to be well away from everyone else where everyone else is wanted you don't want to be doing those postcard shots you want to be getting the cool shots that are unique to you and and to your experience Mm. okay so again so i've said this earlier pick a great location to stay in okay so what's really great is if you can find somewhere that's already got a great view off the balcony then you know you don't really need val that's perfect for you you just need to sort of roll over set your camera up push the button and you've got that great sunset shot where you don't even have to get dressed you know that's how you could do the the uh the sunrise shot okay yeah and and so like i've done that in locations it's not that i've like just rolled over and done that but i've set up my camera uh to do like time lapses off the balcony yes you love a like time that. lapse don't you yeah i do love a time Especially lapse while so, traveling. yes so that like that's a great opportunity and i've done like great shots out my window and things like that and it's like you don't want to be having to travel for ages once you're in the spot so like find a great location Travel slowly when you're um, on location. So you want to walk everywhere as much as possible because you see so much. So try and avoid just jumping in cabs and driving places. Try and walk to as many places as you can. And this this just you see so many great shots that you just happen to walk yeah. by. Or the other thing I like to do is like get into the, onto the back of motorbikes or tuk-tuks, you know, those little cars that you can yes. sit in the back of. Mm. and. If you get a good guide and you just say, okay, I'm going to pay you extra. I want you for the day, but I want you to stop when I tell you to stop. So he's driving along and, and it's like I've done this in a lot of places that I've gone. You've, you've seen something. You go, okay, stop. They pull over. You jump out. You take the shot. You jump back in. You know, that's a great way to get great street shots and things like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other tip I have is to uh, change local cu- currency into really small notes so that, you know, when you're there and you're taking photos of people or you're just asking for help, like tip people or you want you want to take a shot of like one of the, the food stalls or a barber outside shaving people, you know, I'm just giving you examples of stuff yes. that I've done. I, I just tip them. Yes, like, and great it, idea. My, it's nothing to me, but it's mm. like it makes a big deal to them and it just shows that like, you know, you, know, you respect them and what they do mm. and I've had people that I've just asked to pour things for me so that I can take photos and it's like there's a complete language barrier, but you gesture and people get you know it's half the time they think I'm insane but they happily take my money and they thank me and you know it it, it seems to work okay cool um 
the other tip I have, set up an app in your iPhone or notes or something so that when you do take a photo of someone, ask to get, like everyone's got an email address or access to something. So you just get them to write down their email address for them, for you, and then you'd write a description of where the photo was taken and, and who they were so that when you get back home, mm. you can actually email them the shot. And do email them the shot because I yeah. think it's, it's like it's worth it's worth it to, to do that, okay? So that's all really good, you know, they're great tips for preparation and I must admit that you know I really need to prepare even just the things like you've said where you go look at stuff look at images on Flickr and 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 that sort of stuff just to see what's there because I usually just land and go oh look here I am um (laughs) but in terms of actually getting better shots so let's say I've prepared and I've got my backpack which I actually do I bought one the other day and it's really it's got all the compartments and it's great security because the zip is the bit that's right on your back so there's no way somebody can unzip it um so let's say I'm all prepared but when I get there like I said my confidence with my travel shots has been not as great as some of my other shots which I'm more confident in and it's what where do i start what can i do to take better travel shots okay so this first tip val you're not gonna like it (laughs) what (laughs) gotta get up early no gotta get up really early (laughs) so i'm telling you now (laughs) this is this is if there's one thing in life that i if you ask me what's your favorite thing to do out of everything it's this it's getting up early and watching a city wake up Okay, so to to know that you're the only person, you're there and it's you and the bakers (laughs) and a few people coming home from nightclubs. That's too early. I've had some of the most magical days of my life doing this and I've had like Venice to myself, I've had New York to myself, I've had Rome to myself, you know, all these amazing cities and I've got the best shots. There's no one or Paris to myself. There's no one around Mm. and you get the whole city, you get these beautiful shots and you get these amazing sunrises and it's like it's just you and then you get get to watch like the baker opening up and the cafe setting out their tables and that is the best time. You no crowds, no tourists in your frame. All right, so I take your point about getting up early and I acknowledge that this is good advice. But apart from that, because the likelihood of me getting up as early as you is quite slim. So what else could I do? Okay, so sunrise and sunset images, um, you, you, you can take, you can just do the uh, sunset vowel, all right? <laughs> so there's beautiful images for landscape, but also the other thing that's for you to do is uh, street photography looks good at any time of the day. Yes. I actually love working in really hard light, uh, using backlit, uh, any time of the day is fine for that sort of thing. So the other thing for you to do, Val, if you don't you don't want to get up early, is uh, go around and look for, um, and this is for everyone as well, is uh, don't, don't just do the, uh, the big uh, scenic uh, specky landscape shots, but look for little details that mm. tell you about the city. So uh, shoot the street signs, newspapers. You know, I love to shoot the bikes or or yes. shop fronts, and also the fonts that you see in a city mm. can actually describe a city. So so things like that. Look for like flower boxes and uh, you know all of that. The shutters on the windows detail. and things like that. All the details. So when you're thinking of travelling, you know how I, I, I like in my head I've got like a travel spread, a magazine spread mm. in my mind. So you've got the the big specky opening shot, and then you've got the details, and then you might have an environmental portrait yep. in there. So you yep. want to make it really interesting, okay? Mm. Um, so look at a different views for the iconic uh, portrait. So you don't need to just do the killer shot of the uh, Eiffel Tower that everyone's done. Have a think of different ways you can do it. You might do it as a, a reflection in a puddle, mm. right? Or uh, or in a car window or, you know, view a glimpse through a laneway mm. or something like that. Think of another way. Go around, go away a couple of streets, try and find a new way of seeing things and interpret it your way, okay? Yeah. Now, here's one that's going to be hard for a lot of people to do because this this is a tricky thing and, and like people are uncomfortable, but ask the locals to pose for you and make an image rather than just taking it, okay? Because you're going to end up with really powerful shots this way. And do you know what? Most people are going to say yes. And what's the worst thing that can happen is they say no. People very rarely say no. Yeah. 
when I ask. And, and I've gotten some magic photos by setting them up. So just have a go. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain mm. by doing that, okay? Um, I think it's important that you shoot in RAW. You can do so much more with your images when you shoot RAW. And at the very least, I've said this, do RAW and JPEG if yeah. you're not ready to embrace RAW yet, okay? Um, this is not the time to be using flash. Flash kills the vibe of any photo. So, like, if you think, like, you're inside, you're in a, in, in a church or something like that mm. and it's a bit dark, then maybe think about using uh, something to perch your camera on and do a longer exposure because flash just kills the vibe and you're not going to get the beautiful atmospheric shots, okay? Mm. So something that you can think of doing is, like, uh, I, I like to rest my camera on something to, for those long exposures. I like to use fire hydrants for night shots. That's perfect for resting things on. Yeah. There's these little bean bags that you can buy that you can actually put them on something and then sit the camera on a bean bag, and and and, and that acts as like a tripod. It secures it, and you can get those long exposures if you don't want to be travelling with a tripod. Um, okay. But if you're thinking of doing a lot of like landscape and long exposure, then try and get yourself a lightweight tripod. And the mm. way that you can make that secure is you get like a Hessian bag, mm. go to your local grocery store when you land and buy some beans or rice, like a couple of kilos oh. and fill that bag and that's going to secure it, right? Okay. Or just put your Nutella in there. You get the big kilo <laughs> thing and that's going to be enough to, to weigh down. Rather than getting a heavy tripod, mm. you've got the lighter tripod but you can secure it down, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're shooting uh, lifestyle shots, try shooting at like F4 as wide open as you can. So you focus on the subject in front and then throw the rest out of focus so you get that beautiful dreamy sort of uh, lifestyle shot. Yeah. Play with different angles when you're shooting. So try high up, lie down on the ground, get low. I've been known to like when I see those uh, Fiat 500s, I will lie on my back in the road, risk getting killed. <laughs> but I want to get that, you know, that really cool angle uh, of the shot, okay? Yeah. Um, don't just shoot your landscapes with no one in them. You know, a figure walking through a landscape or in front of a monument can give it really perspective and make yes. it really interesting. So that's a, a really important thing to do. Um, when it uh, think about how you frame your subjects as well, because I like to do that voyeuristic shot where you might um, photograph someone through a window. Yeah. Or frame a land uh, a landscape through a window or through a doorway. People walking through doorways for look, so look for the things that are going to frame your image. That's going to make it really interesting as well. Uh, don't ever be afraid to shoot in the rain. That's going to be that's quite beautiful because you've got all the reflections and everything. Just protect your camera. You might want to just throw a bag over it or something, or um, get, protect yourself and be under an eave. But it's like a beautiful time to shoot when it's rain because you've got all that extra added uh, reflections and everything in the mm. shot too, okay? Um, and the other thing I really love to do is I love to shoot long exposures at night in a city because you've got the you've got the lights and everything. So what I like to do, as I said this earlier, is I'll find something to perch my camera on to keep it steady. So fire hydrants work really well. They're at the perfect height. I've used bins. It's not very glamorous, but I'll just like sort of rest the camera, set up my shot, and it might be like that I'm shooting at a 50 of an eighth of a second, a little bit too slow to be handheld, but just that having something to secure it on is going to make it like a better for a long exposure. And of course, if you've got the opportunity to use a tripod, then you want to be trying to do something like a 30 second exposure, and then you're going to get those beautiful um, long exposure shots with all the beautiful starbursts in the in the shot. Okay, um, so. Don't be afraid to crank up the ISO when you're shooting so you avoid camera shake. And so yes. like shooting through the day, have it at around 400 so you're always safe. And then at night, you know, crank it up to 800, 1200 so you can do those great night shots as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I must admit, I always forget to do that. Okay, here's a good uh, security thing that you can do uh, if you're traveling and you, you, you're concerned that uh, like my, my, some of my friends say that when they travel with me and I've got my cannon around my neck, it's like I've got a Rolex around my, <laughs> you know, I'm wearing a Rolex and they find it really hard to negotiate or barter with anyone yeah. because it's like obviously I've got this like, you know, $10,000 camera around my neck. <laughs> Just get some uh, black gaffer tape and tape over all the logos on your camera. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and so that makes basic makes it look like a basic camera. Then it doesn't stand out as much as it would, you know, if you had all the all the Canon logos that that, that people um the people recognise. Yep. So it's just a little trick that you might like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so shoot from your head, from your heart rather than your head. So like, mm. look at the things that inspire you. Don't be thinking about like I need to do that iconic postcard shot. Just Go with your heart, follow your heart and, and shoot like that. And probably if you don't want to look um, conspicuous, it's probably not the time to have you, you're 70 to 200. Mm. I've been with you when I've been shooting with it. It's quite conspicuous, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's not, it's not you, can, you can't be discreet with a 70 to 200. So it's probably like if you want to do that sort of travel photography where you just want to capture stuff and go unnoticed, leave that leave that uh, lens at home. Mm. Uh I must say, just backtracking to your comment about um, shooting from your heart, not your head, I think Mm. that that's really important. But I think that potentially, because this is the magazine editor in me speaking, you need to shoot with your head as well because of what you said earlier about if you're actually trying to get shots to go with a travel article, Mm. then you need to think of it from a magazine spread point of view. So you need to ensure that you have the landscape shot, the detail shot, the food shot, the whatever because like when I went to the last time I went to Bali I shot with my heart instead of my head and when I looked at all my photos there was you know like a thousand shots and 985 of them were of monkeys because because that was where your heart was I just wanted to shoot little monkeys (laughs) because they're so cute I'm surprised there's not a thousand shots of aren't there any there's no cats in Bali are there not that many many more monkeys I just went berserk about monkeys and I didn't because I wasn't you know thinking straight I didn't then get the landscape shot the you know the the lotus flower shot the this the shot the food shot and all that so yep, anyway yep yep yep, yep. but yes so, do continue well- a bit of both, Val. So use your mm. head to determine what style of shots, the wide shot, the detail, but of that, and then maybe let your heart interpret sort of some of that as well. So a bit of both, mm. maybe. Can we compromise? Okay, we can compromise. So keep your used memory cards in a separate and clearly labelled card holder so you don't accidentally wipe that card and lose all your, your travel shots. So that's really important. And then go and keep it well away from everything else, all right? Yeah. Um, and then make sure that you've always got your spare battery and plenty of spare cards, nothing worse than going, oh, my God, there's 700 monkeys and they're all <laughs> smoking cigarettes and dancing for me and you don't have a card yes. or your battery's run out, right? Right, and then finally, um, sometimes it's okay to leave the camera back in your room and just enjoy the holiday. You don't mm. have to photograph everything, and you don't have to spend the entire time sort of looking through the viewfinder. There's some stuff that I've looked at and go, you know what? I can't do this justice with my cam. I'm actually just going to sit here with a glass of wine or a coffee, enjoy the view, and just enjoy it for what it is. Beautiful. Okay, great. Some good tips there, but I mm. think that what happens then when you get 970, 985 shots of monkeys when you get <laughs> home, what do you do? What do you do with your travel shots? Okay, so so the first thing I do with my 970 monkey photos <laughs> is uh, is I like to rename them all. Okay, you so, give each of the monkeys a name. So Jerry, little Jimmy, little Johnny. <laughs> the smoking one is called. Have you seen those smoking monkeys yes. in Bali? They all smoke. They steal cigarettes and smoke. Um, little Chachi. So no, I don't rename the monkeys, but I actually so I will name uh, the city that I shot in mm. and and the date. Okay, and then give them a number. So the folder is uh, so it might be if it was in Rome, it'd be Rome fifteen double oh one to double you know nine hundred and ninety nine, right? <laughs> and then I'd back that up a minimum two times. So you know I do overkill. I've got them four times, right. but at least twice. So two backups. Hard drives are very, very cheap. Again, with hard drives, you don't have to buy the latest and greatest and fastest. You can buy the slowest, but as long as they're somewhere and they're backed up because the worst thing that can happen is if you lose them all, Mm. okay? Now, the thing with um, a lot of uh, sort of newbie – 
we're all excited to share our stuff, yes. okay? But if you're a photographer coming up the ranks and you really want to promote yourself and show off your work, and this is something that's really hard to do because you just want to go, okay, well, if one shot's great to show, obviously 999 <laughs> shots are monkeys is 999 times better. But, like, unfortunately, that's not the case because what you're doing is, like, you might have, like, five strong shots and five strong shots out of 999, you've actually done really well. Yes. Okay? So, but what you're doing is, is you post all of them, you're diluting your shots. Mm. You're not making them as strong. So, like, really, I would post your best three that sum up three to five that sum up your trip. Yeah. And just make sure that your shots are really strong and powerful if you want to share them on social media. You know, with your friends, not yourself out, share, share, show them all 999. But I think you have more power with those shots if you, like, just, just keep it to a, a minimum, okay? Yeah. Um, the other thing I like to do is I actually get my favorite ones printed and I've got them uh, framed all over my house and it's like they make me happy. This yes. is the reason that I do that and I get them uh, beautifully framed. I get them printed large and, uh, you know, if you're having a kaka day mm -hmm. and then you glance that photo, it just makes you happy and it makes you remember where you've been and, like you know, I've got them in my room. The first travel photo I ever took is in my bedroom. It's the first thing I see when I wake up every morning. It reminds me of, like, you know, what's possible, oh, where that I started. Oh, is that one with the, um, the, the beach chairs? Uh, beach chairs. No, it's one in um, it's Venice. Oh right, okay. It's Venice, St Mark's Square. I actually went back last year and I recreated it. Oh wow. Yeah, so, and it's just really beautiful. There's so many different ways you can get your photos printed. So I've had them printed on uh, wooden block. I've had them printed on metal. You can get them printed on canvas. Uh, there's deals all the time online where you can, I've, I've sent photos off my iPhone and had them printed on canvas for like, you know, wow. a few bucks. So look out for the deals and, and get them done. Get them printed regularly. Um, you can make, uh, another really nice thing to do is to make postcards out of your photos. So look for deals. And like as as a, a photographer, you want to use those to um, sort of promote yourself. You get you know beautiful postcard size images done of your images, and just send them out to clients. Just go, hey, we're thinking of you. Here's a shot I did with blah blah blah. Or for no reason, just send them out, or just hand them out and give them out. Like well, now, whenever I send out uh, CDs of work. I put a postcard in with them and go, hey, thanks, it was great working with you and there'll be a postcard of New York or Paris right. or something like that. Right? Cool, so it just works really well. Um, there's some great, great, great online software for photo books out there. Yes. And I've worked with Blurb, there's Snap and Fish, there's Mixbook. There's no reason why you can't take your photos and create like these beautiful memories of your trip. And then you can actually put them online if you want to sell them. You can sell them or share them with your friends, but just get them out there. Like, let them be seen and, and sort of in this format, they're really beautiful. Um, and then finally, if you want to um, sell, sell stock. So um, try, try the stock libraries like iStock, Getty, Shutterstock, Flickr. Uh, people are always looking for stock. It takes a while to get started. It's probably a whole show involved yeah. in explaining how that works. But that's another option for you if, if, if you want to do. So that's just a few suggestions. There's probably, you know, hundreds more. If you guys have got any, then, um, and, and uh, any suggestions as to, to how you've had your stuff printed, then please uh, share it, share it with us uh, on social media. We'd love to hear about it. Awesome. Mm. That's fantastic. It's like, it's a lot of t a lot to take in. <laughs> it was a lot, wasn't it? My mouth's really dry now, Mel. I spoke a lot. <laughs> but I think that the one thing that I definitely do not have never done is um, you know brought some little gifts to give to little kids. Mm. Um, and I'm more of the inclined to be shy to ask someone to pose as opposed to give them a tip or something. So, you know, I've just got to get over that really and, 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 you, you and do give it a go. You'll, you'll get like – like the people that I've just bowled up and if there's a language barrier, I ask my guide, can you please ask them if they will pose for me? And, you know, mm. people are happy to do it. They're actually – it's flattering. Yes, yes, A stranger has – and do you know when I was in Sydney, Val, I needed to stop strangers a mm -hmm. lot to get show. Do you want do you want to know what my line was? Go on. It was mostly men that I was stopping. Yeah, really? Because so, I, <laughs> I needed men in suits to, okay. to, to be in certain photos to walk through frames or something like that. So I'd approach, I would say, 
hello, handsome man in suit. <laughs> I need to do this shot and I'd explain who the client was and where it was going to be and would you agree to be in a photo? No one said no. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I just flattered and then I said, I will send you the photo. I got their details as an email and um, it worked very well. I'll have to give that a go. Hello, handsome man in suit. <laughs> That's a great line. That's obviously what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> and then also for for the travelling shots, like and, and leading up to that, just go out in in your local town and just uh, you know approach. But it's a good skill to, yes. to develop anyway to get over your fear of uh, being rejected. Uh, and everyone has this fear, but the more you do it, the more people you ask, the less you care about being mm. rejected. So just start collecting no's because you're not going to you're going to stop caring and get really good at asking and when you're really good at asking you're very persuasive people just don't say no to you they'll agree to it and then you can ask for more and more and you start posing them you'll take your time doing it and it just gets really easy wonderful so as Gina said at the very top of this episode and she quoted Artie Kurana while you are alive, collect moments, not things. And I guess that's exactly what you can do as a photographer while we're traveling is to collect and, and crystallize those moments as opposed to, you know, buying, uh, trying to find a discount at the local market on some cheap souvenirs that you're never going to use again. Mm. So collect moments, not things. Wonderful. I've got mm-hmm. to get, you know, a bit of guts up and, uh, you know, do a few things that you said, but I'm keen to give it a go. But this brings us really to the end of our podcast because that's all we have time for. If you have a question that you'd like Gina to answer, then please do email news at ginamilitia.com. But also remember to join Gina's awesome newsletter, which is, um, you know, in Gina's style can only be written in Gina's inimitable (laughs) way and with her unique sense of humor. So I encourage you to sign up and um, you also get a free ebook when you do that. But in the meantime, you can actually, I highly encourage you, for those of you who are interested in travel photography, to check out Gina's Instagram. I mean, Gina does a lot more than travel photography, as you know, but in particular, Gina's Instagram is full of her, of many of her travel shots. So, um, and you can find her where on Instagram? It's at Gina Militia. And that's the same for Twitter as well. And Twitter, yes. So I think... Sorry, go on, Gina. And Google Plus, come to the Google Plus page and welcome to all the new members there. Uh, So the Google Plus page is So You Want to Be a Photographer. So Uh do join us there. And this week, hashtag Gina Challenge, well, has got to be travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So make sure you um, upload your travel shots either to Instagram or the Google Plus page Mm -hmm. and use hashtag Gina Challenge. We will love to see what you come up with this week. Getting some great stuff. Uh, Got some great black and whites that we've seen, some awesome stuff. And uh, also don't forget to send in. We didn't have time this week, but uh, next week I'll start critiquing some of the shots. I've been getting some great ones uh, in there. So either email news at ginamilitia.com or you can send them through uh, the So You Want to Be a Photographer Google Plus page. Send in your photos and uh, and tell me where you're at in your journey and we'll critique those for you. Or I will and Val will, you know, put in her five <laughs> cents. Throw in well. two cents. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.